This is episode 419, How to Find Yourself Again After Your Children Are Grown with Julia. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So we have a topic on today that I haven't coached on in quite a while, and it's about how to find your identity after your kids are grown. And I love this episode so much because I think that, not I think, I know that so many, especially women, face this challenge of devoting themselves to motherhood and then their kids grow. And and when they leave the house, transition to college, or even when they're teenagers and have their own life, it can be a really tough transition because you've just devoted yourself to being a mother and that has been so much of your identity. So after those decades of devotion, when you have more space in your life, there can be this expectation of, oh, wow, I should celebrate. Now I have time for me. But there can also be an emptiness and, and a grief and it can be very sweet. And I'm learning with motherhood as I'm a little over a year and a half in now, that it's just these bittersweet moments, one after the next, like you are so thrilled that your child's moving on to the next phase. And it's amazing to watch them grow. And at the same time, you grieve the past phase and that's life. Life is so impermanent. And that's why it's so, so important just to cherish every moment and to find joy in every moment. And also like, no, it's okay that there's challenge in moments as well. So let me retract that statement because sometimes it's hard, impossible, not hard, impossible to find joy in every moment. So I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say to find the joy in moments, to find the joy in different seasons and embrace the challenge in different seasons as well. It's important to remember that we can have opposite feelings, seemingly opposite feelings at the same time. We can be grieving the loss of one thing and also excited about the next chapter. We can have sadness about our children leaving the house, for example, but also tremendous pride and happiness that they're going off and, and starting their own life. And this is a perfect example of, of that in this episode. And also another really important topic, and I'm sure I'll talk more about this as my motherhood journey continues, but I've been talking about this particular thing since before I became a mother which is often, and this is sometimes conscious, but mostly subconscious, we're trying to redo our childhood through parenthood. We're trying to give our children a life that we didn't have. And it is so beautiful that we want to do better. It's so amazing that so many parents are like, I'm going to give my child a great childhood. I'm going to give them the childhood I didn't have. But what can happen is we become so involved in our child's life and our identity become so immersed in parenthood, particularly motherhood, that we neglect our own inner child. And so it takes us about 20 minutes to get to that part in the coaching call. So I encourage you to keep listening to the whole thing, even if you think this doesn't apply to you, because we, we really discuss some very, very important things towards the end. So as you're listening, consider age of life where you're of your life and trying to get excited about the next chapter, but are having a hard time doing that. Are you going through any kind of transition right now that's a little bittersweet? 
have you questioned your identity, not just from moving from motherhood to being an empty nester? And finally, have you tried to avoid dealing with your childhood by just being a great parent or having a great life as an adult? And you know it's time to actually deal with your childhood. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Julia. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about your water. So do you drink really clean water? Water is so important. It's one of my biggest hacks. My biggest hacks is I drink a lot of water. And Athena drinks a lot of water too. So I'm very, very picky the kind of water that she drinks, which is why I love AquaTrue. That's a filtration system that we use on our water. It's a water purifier that uses a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. It's a fancy way of saying the water goes through a very thorough filtering process, which removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And it's so great. You don't have to have this fancy filtration system built in or drill holes in your countertop. You can take it with you if they leave, if you leave, because AquaTrue's countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of the home from the countertop ones, which I really love to those higher capacity under the sink options, which are a little more, you know, require a little more installation, but worth it. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options, which is just so cool. So AquaTrue uses the same technology utilized by all the major bottled water brands, but now it's available for your home use without the plastic waste and their filters last a long time. AquaTrue filters last from six months to as long as two years. Plus, you'll just save money. Just one set of filters from a classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. So it's time to get peace of mind and great hydration with AquaTrue. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code over it at checkout. Plus, AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Again, that's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code over it. Julia, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. This has been a question on my mind for years and it's coming up more and more because I just sent my oldest off to college and it's kind of this phase of like, what now, you know, you have put everything into raising your kids and sending them off and I should be so happy, which I am so happy, but it's kind of this weird phase in life that you're not quite sure what to do with. Yeah. So you still have one at home. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And how old is your mm-hmm. second one? Well, she is 16. Okay. So she's independent and kind of doing her own thing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So you said weird phase of life. What feels weird to you about it? I just think it's this phase where, you know, you, like I said, you put a hundred percent into raising your kids and that's kind of been my focus. And I don't know. Now it's like, putting your kid in college and then like having parents that are older, maybe just kind of rediscovering yourself, I guess, is the face yeah. and not really knowing yourself. Yeah. And try to use, because we're talking about you, right? 
So yeah. try to use myself and I rather than you or yourself, because one of the things we do and language is key, and this isn't a criticism at all. This is something that's very common in order to drop into like the most vulnerability and the most, like get the most from our intuition using that I language really helps. So okay. first of all, this is not unique to you. <laughs> this is something that I've seen friends go through. I think my own mother went through in some ways. Um, and is is very common. You know, there are definitely coaches out there that help people, especially women, particularly with this. I think part of what makes this phase harder is the expectation of what it's supposed to be. That, right. you know, you're going to be an empty nester and you should be celebrating or, you know, you should be going on this trip to Europe or you should be, you know, like there's just this expectation. And one of the things we're not really great with in our culture is grief. And like mm-hmm. letting it be okay and normal that you're grieving. Like you're yeah. grieving a stage of your life. And although there's beauty to it in terms of there's more time and you've launched two successful people into the world, which is pretty amazing. And it's a time of life where you get to focus more on you. You're also grieving a version of yourself. And I'm mm-hmm. on I'm on the opposite end of this. Like we're not too far apart in age, but I'm I'm in the grieving. Well, I've moved through it a lot now, but when I had a child, I was grieving the freedom and the life and the identity into this new season of life. Right. And I had had tremendous guilt about it because everybody's like, oh, aren't you so blissed out? And isn't this just amazing? And isn't a baby the biggest blessing? Yeah. And I was like, yes. And Mm -hmm. I'm also kind of sad. And we don't make space for that, especially as women. Um, and especially in motherhood, there's sort of like this expectation that you're supposed to enjoy every part of it. And that's just not realistic. So I just wanted to start there with like really honoring your journey and presencing that, the fact that this is hard and the fact that you're asking these questions and the fact that you're kind of like, what, what now is really actually healthy and quite normal. Okay. So so that being said, because what you became a mother probably pretty young, yes? Uh, just before 30. Yeah. yeah. So you really didn't have much time as an adult to really discover right. yourself. You know, I had a good 20 years of doing the adult thing before I had children. So that identity was already formed. And, you know, stepping from maiden into motherhood is quite an initiation. I really acknowledge you for making motherhood your passion and your purpose Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. your, your kids really, you know, got a lot from that. And that is not to throw any mother who, you know, works as well under the bus at all. I think for me, in my opinion, (laughs) the best way to mother is the way that works for you, whoever the you is. So am I correct to assume that most of your time and energy went into raising your kids and not working outside the home? I've always been able to work very part-time just because, yeah, that's what I wanted to do is be with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before you had them, what were you doing? I was working and I did travel some for work too. And that was exciting. And yeah, I, I worked and I traveled and I had my friends, but you're right in saying that I did kind of start. Um, my journey a little bit younger, but not fully knowing 
about myself when I started into motherhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a rediscovery because you know yourself as a mother, but you may mm-hmm. know, not know yourself as an adult woman, independent of being right. a mother. Right. Because so right. much of your adult life has been mother, which is consuming. <laughs> it's a big job. Right. It's a really, really big job. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think the, the first part, like one, have you really allowed yourself to grieve that you're this motherhood phase of having kids at home? Like you're always going to be a mother. Always. You know, I just mm-hmm. celebrated my birthday at my mom's house yesterday. There's nowhere else mm-hmm. I'd rather be than with my mom right. and my dad. And, right. you, know, you know, so you're, you're always going to be a mother. But this chapter right. of kids at home and them, you know, in your nest is coming to a close. Have you allowed yourself to grieve that? No, I, I haven't really. And I, I mean, part of this whole question and journey is like not letting myself feel like the best years have passed Mm. because that's depressing, but sometimes that comes to mind. And I have some really close friends that were mothers like me and they think the same thing. I mean, I want to keep this about me, but it doesn't help me to hear other women that are like me saying the same thing. The best years have passed in terms of what? Well, just in terms of like the kids being the highlight, what we consider the highlight of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could tell me it's nice to look forward to grandkids someday, but that to me doesn't, it's not like what was. Yeah. Well, it could be a highlight of a mother's life, but that's why it's so important to discover who you are outside of being a mother. And mm-hmm. there's also something pretty miraculous about seeing what your adult children do. Yes. things they're interested in, the people they meet, the places they go, and you will be a different kind of confidant to them and you will carve out an adult relationship with them. So to have people around you saying that, yeah, there is a time that it's over, but you know what mm-hmm. else is over? Not sleeping as much, making meals all the time, mm-hmm. dealing with fights and tantrums. There's a lot of things about mm-hmm. motherhood coming to a close that you're not going to miss. Right. And I think it's important to recognize those things too. We can remember kind of the highlight reel and not the nitty gritty. And so you can cherish those memories. They will always be with you. And, you know, to my own, obviously you are way farther than the motherhood journey that I am, but I still look back at pictures of her as a newborn and start crying. So I'm like, oh my God, she was so small. I can't believe it's gone yeah. so fast. And she's only 18 months. <laughs> so, so I get it. I really, really get it. And what I have found is when I go down that track of wanting yesterday, I'm not enjoying today. Right. And so what you, from my perspective, need to find is ways that you can enjoy today a little more and ways that you can start to discover who you are independent of being a mother. Because that's what's going to give you a sense. Like I said, you'll always be a mother, but that's what's going to give you a sense of, I mean, I don't want to say purpose because I believe all of our purpose on the planet is just to, you know, evolve. I don't think we have to be doing anything to fulfill our purpose, but it's a rediscovery of identity because as a mother raising two kids, you are often last on your priority list. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's looking at that. So going back to first thing, 
I feel like you need to grieve it. Are you mm-hmm. not, are you by any chance coming to my retreat? It's been back and forth in my mind. I was going to, and then I pulled back because my October is crazy, but it's, it's still on my mind. Okay. Well, I really think you should come really because I feel like you need some kind of ritual and process. And there's also a lot of women who are in that phase of life as well. Um, there's women of all ages, but definitely, you know, that that's a big transition that many women come with. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think you need, well, I think you'd benefit from one being in the kind of atmosphere that I know the retreat is really reconnecting Mm -hmm. with yourself, allowing yourself to grieve and not have to think about, okay, well, how do I grieve? Cause I was going to suggest do some kind of grief, do some kind of ceremony. And then I thought, oh my gosh, it'd be so much easier if she just came to the retreat because it would all be done. <laughs> it would all be done right. for her. <laughs> and I, I, I want you to come with the intention of like stepping into your next phase of life. And I know you still have a daughter at home, but she's 16, she's driving, she's doing her own thing. You know, before you know it, she's going to be off doing her thing. I know it would be such a transformative coming back home to yourself experience. But that's what I keep being nudged to is like, you need something where you'd benefit. I hate to say you need, because what do I know? But I feel like you benefit from that type of thing. What I find keeps people, like we'll use the example of women talking about, oh my gosh, the best years are behind us. And is when we don't complete a cycle with ritual and intention it still lingers and a part of us is always back there. And so we Mm -hmm. always have this nostalgia and it's really hard to step into the next phase. It's sort of like, it's Mm -hmm. hard to put lunch on your plate if you haven't finished breakfast because breakfast is still there. And so something that will help you really like ceremonially step into this next phase of life, I feel would be highly, highly beneficial. And honestly, yeah. I wish more, we, I wish we had more rites of passage for both going into motherhood and then not the completion, but the completion of having young children, the, right. the, the completion of the cycle of having them live at home. So, you know, I will not ask you to give me an answer on this spot, but I highly, <laughs> highly, highly, highly recommend it. And I think it would be incredibly beneficial. And if your month is busy, so what, like you can yeah. do it, you can do it. <laughs> You can do right. it. Um, right. And all you have to do, like the great thing about the retreat is you just show up. That's all. You just show up and we take care of the rest. You don't have to do right. anything. That's part of it. Okay. So I'll leave that there. Well, let me just check in with you. How are you feeling right now? I, I feel good. This is helpful. What feels helpful about it so far? Um, Just like you said, the ritual and intention behind it because... I mean, like you already said, I don't, I don't feel like enough people talk about this phase in terms of, yeah, it's a grief phase, but you're also happy for your children and you're also proud of yourself for getting them to this place. It's a mixed bag and then rediscovering yourself how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's sort of just like, oh, empty nester, awesome. Like, what are you going to do with all your free time? It's like, you don't understand. Like, I'm, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So going back to you before you had children, mm-hmm. what did you love? What were you pursuing? 
I have taught Pilates my whole career. I feel really fortunate to have done that because I was dancing before that. And then I found Pilates and it was, I mean, it still is, but especially before becoming a mother, it was a real passion of mine, helping people and um, moving my body and helping them move their bodies. That was primarily what I did. Mm. And are you still doing that? I still do that, like very part time just by design, Mm -hmm. but I do still do that. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm going to recommend is we'll keep doing that because it sounds like you love it, which is amazing. And if Mm -hmm. you want to do more, great. And if you don't, don't. Oftentimes in order for, so if we, if we look at feminine energy, that being energy and masculine energy, that more doing energy. Sort of depends on which route you want to go. If you really want to drop into your feminine energy, which I think is a useful place to be, especially as, you know, kids are leaving because you want to stay connected to that feminine energy that so much of your feminine energy was was directed at the children, Mm -hmm. right? So now you have this opportunity to really harness your feminine energy for you. But the temptation is going to be, okay, now my kids are grown. I have to do something. So the temptation is going to be to go more into that doing energy. And Mm -hmm. my encouragement is going to be to like rest in the spaciousness, like really allow yourself to be in the spaciousness and the free time and see what emerges versus kind of going, okay, what do I want to do with myself? How do I discover myself? Because you see how that throws you into more doing energy? Yeah. 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 And that's the natural reflex is for me to just get busy. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is one of the most healthy and societally celebrated addictions that we have. Mm -hmm. And I say healthy in air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's the most non-destructive right. unless we're looking at our adrenal glands. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you'd never think is an addiction. Right. Because it's so productive. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. that's another thing is, and that's especially a, a mom of two kids. It's like, I have a feeling your life was full all the time. And so mm-hmm. you're going to be adjusting to a new rhythm of life. And there's a part of your brain that's going to go, there's a problem here because this isn't what we're used to. This isn't the norm. And so then another part of your brain is going to go, okay, well, we got to do something. And what I'm suggesting is for you to go, actually, nothing's wrong. We have spaciousness. We have time. We have quiet. Like, let's just see. Let's just be and see Mm -hmm. what emerges. So what comes up inside of you when I say that? I mean, it's a little uncomfortable because I immediately want to say, well, how much time and is something just going to pop into my head at some point if I, if I allow it enough time? Yeah. Well, I can tell you coming to the retreat will help with all this. Okay. So that, that's, I can tell you that. And most likely it's not about something popping to your, into your head as uh, like, oh, I want to start a clothing line. It's more that without the busyness and without the role of motherhood, you have a chance to see who's going to emerge. Like Mm -hmm. you have a chance to get to know yourself, 
you know, I had this blessing post-divorce in my thirties when like I knew what my career was and it was going okay. And a lot was, I was working on that as well, but I also had this spaciousness because I wasn't married and I didn't have children to do more inner work and to really see and discover like who I was independent of a career, independent of a relationship, independent of having children. And that was priceless. And it didn't Mm -hmm. translate into anything tangible. Like I can't say, oh, I discovered that I love to do pottery. It was more that I got to see like who I was separate from anything I did. Mm -hmm. And that's the opportunity you have right now is to really got to go, huh, who is Julia? Like, what, what do I love? What lights me up? What are, what are some patterns in my life that actually aren't serving me? What Mm -hmm. am I still carrying around from childhood that really isn't that great? Who do I want to be as the matriarch of my family and as an adult parent of adult children? Like it's more of a curiosity and less of a, I need to figure something out. Right. So there's really nothing to do here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's allowing, it's normalizing where you are. It's creating that spaciousness. It's knowing that going and being busy is a pattern. You know, Mm -hmm. and looking at, all right, because one of the things that happens the earlier we have kids is we have less time to work on our own inner child. Because it usually isn't until after 25, 26 when our brain fully forms that we start to like really contemplate our childhood and how it impact us because we're still kind of Mm -hmm. in it until 25, 26. But if we're married and having kids, then our focus is sort of on that. So I just want to ask you if you're open to it, have you done work on your own childhood? No. And it's, it's coming up for me more and more now. I mean, especially since I discovered you about nine months ago, I had never even thought of this concept, but that's a big one. What was your childhood like? It wasn't terrible, but it was a little chaotic, I would say. It was dysfunctional just with parents divorced and custody and, you know, not enough supervision. And I do know that I think that's why I put so much into my mothering and and nurturing because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And how do you think that makes this whole process harder? Well, I think one thing that makes it harder is the quietness that you're talking about that, you know, you can, I don't, I mean, I want to say like kind of hide behind your kids. It's not so much hiding, but just the busyness. You don't have to focus on this stuff. And then when the busyness stops and you are left to sit with it, that um, it's not so comfortable. Yeah. Right. So what can happen? Well, first I acknowledge you for giving your kids a different childhood than you have. That's amazing. Like awesome props for being a generational pattern breaker. Yeah. But what it makes, it makes letting go of your children even harder because you're using mothering as a way to like heal your own childhood versus actually Mm -hmm. going in and doing the work to heal your own childhood. 
Yeah, definitely. So you've got some inner child work to do. I do. Yeah. (laughs) I do. Yeah. 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 And that, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. The busyness is distracting from all that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I've given my children a different life. I've broke generational patterns. But I actually now, I actually need to deal with the fact that I didn't have a great childhood. Because part right. of why we hang on to those moments with kids is because our inner child never had that. And we don't have a connection to our own inner child. The more we have a connection to our own inner child and our sense of play and magic and adventure and all of that, the less we need children around us to give us that. So much of what mothers miss is that unconditional joy and love and need from their children. And if I could scream anything from the rooftops, it would be like, learn how to give your own inner child that. Your inner child is screaming for that. And then you won't miss it from your children so much when they grow. Because can you see how you didn't have that as a child? Yeah. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. I know it's a big reason why I don't want this phase to be over. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge reason. Yeah. But it is. And now this is what's on the agenda in your life curriculum. Right. And by you doing this work, oh my gosh, Julia, it frees up your kids so much. It takes such a burden off of them mm-hmm. energetically and subconsciously. It takes such a burden off of them. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big motivation for me is I don't want to put this on them. I want to work on myself as much as I can so that, you know, I'm better, I'm better for them and they can learn from me. Exactly. Exactly. And they already are learning from you. (laughs) They already are. Um, and, and I love that intention and yes, and you deserve this for you. Mm -hmm. I think I just kind of talked myself out of like the retreat and a group setting being the best healing place for me. I, I don't know why I think I told myself I'd be better off just one-on-one or diving into that inner child workshop you have versus surrounding myself with a bunch of other people. Well, you can do both. And what happens in a safe group where the containers managed, which is different than just any random group, right? Um, is that there's so many mirrors And there's so, I don't mean physical mirrors. I mean, people that can reflect back to you things and are in the same place and it just accelerates the healing. And for someone that didn't feel super safe in a family, which is a group, the healing that can happen in a group setting is phenomenal because it can rewrite, it can help rewrite the subconscious of like, oh wait, groups are safe. People can be safe. If we grew up in a dysfunctional family, if we didn't feel particularly safe, we tend to want to do things just on our own. Right. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is important in inner child healing, especially parents that divorce and all of that is a sense of belonging. Mm 
like really feeling like you belong. And mm-hmm. that's hard to achieve in a one-on-one setting. You actually really need more of a group setting to like actually feel like, oh, wait, I do fit in. I do belong. I am like other people. I'm not just this lone wolf on my own trying to figure things out for myself. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Believe me, I don't like groups. (laughs) 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 I don't like all groups. I like some groups. Um, Yeah. And I know the transformative power of them. And that's why I'm also Mm -hmm. committed to like really safe group containers. Yeah. 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 But you get to, to think about it. So ultimately it's your choice. I I support whatever you choose. I'd love to have you there. Uh, But ultimately there's a couple things I, I feel like on your, your life curriculum right now, grieving the end of this chapter, creating spaciousness, like really seeing where else that feminine energy that's all gone into mothering, like where else you can harvest that. And then mm-hmm. um, that inner child work so that you, you're not clinging to your children so much, you know, energetically and emotionally and through memories. Yeah. Actually, yeah. now you have the space to heal and raise and nurture your inner child. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Good. I hope this was helpful. Yeah, this was very helpful. Thank you, Julia, for bringing forward a topic that really needs to be talked about more. And oftentimes there's transitions in life that come with expectations. And being an empty nester is one of those. And often we have the expectation or people have the expectation that we're going to be happy and we're going to find our new identity and do all the things we never got to do because we were busy parenting. And often what's taken for granted is is the grief. And a lot of people really like parenting. A lot of people really love being a mother and love that that was so much of their identity for so long. And I think that's amazing. I feel parenthood, motherhood is the most important job we can we can do if we choose to do it. And it deserves the reverence and it deserves the attention that many of us want to give it. And when kids do leave or go off to have their own lives, which is what we're raising them to do, you know, we're, we're raising our children to be independent and self-sufficient and find out who they are independent of us. And it's still heartbreaking because I know, I mean, my baby's still very much a baby, but I know when she's 18 and not 18 months, I'll still think of her as my baby. And so I have a lot of compassion for what Julia is going through and just want to highlight that we can feel different extremes of emotions at the same time. We can feel grief and excitement at the same time. We can feel sadness and gratitude at the same time. You've heard me say for years, we are multidimensional beings. We have so many emotions and it's important we honor them all. So what I said to Julie and what I encouraged her, I was going to walk her through this whole kind of process. But then when I heard she was considering the retreat, I was like, oh, just come to the retreat because it'll just handle everything for you. And there's still room, christinehaster.com slash signature retreat if you want to join me. So many women that are going through different transitions, not just empty nesters, but all kinds of life transitions, find so much comfort at the retreat. And I know Julia will too. 
What we eventually got to is that this is tied back to her childhood. This is tied back to not having the childhood she really, really wanted. And then almost rehaving her childhood through her children. So now it's her time to reconnect with that inner child inside of her. Because even though her children are grown and leaving the home, it's not too late for her to have an amazing childhood. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.